and turn to John chapter 11. I enjoyed being here with you last time. Oh, y'all do that thing, standing up with scripture. Sit down. (laughs) You'll stand up the whole 30 minutes or so with me. (laughs) Um, Last time I was here, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Had a good time with you and been looking forward to it uh, coming this time again. Kenny calls with plenty advance and says, hey, can, have you, are you free this date? Can you come? And doing that, he gives me way too much time to study and to prepare. So if it goes longer than you're used to going, it's Kenny's fault for asking me way too early, okay? <laughs> now, I know you have a little bit of business to take care of afterwards, so uh, I am going to try to go fast. Um, we've got a long ways to go, but it's all very important. I have a hard time leaving parts of it out. So starting off here, John chapter 11, verse 1, you might have a heading there or might be familiar with this passage. And I want to start off by saying this. Oftentimes we look at the Bible and say, oh, this is the story about Lazarus. No, it's not. It's a story about a God who loves these people. It's about a story about a God who did something in the lives of those he loves. Let's pray and we'll start reading. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your house, to gather together. Father, I pray that you'll just bless this place here tonight. Lord, if there's any unconfessed sin in our lives, I pray right now, Lord, that we'll get that washed clean. Father, I pray that you'll get me out of the way. And that you'll speak your words of truth to your people here tonight and change lives as only you can. Father, we love you and we thank you for all that you do. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, it says, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. I love the Bible for giving details like that. You often overlook it and just... Uh, run right past it. It gives a place where this man was from, his sisters. It tells a little bit about him, telling me this is real people. These were real people. They existed. This is a story about uh, what happened in their lives. It was recorded what took place in their lives. This is real. This is not something made up, something just to encourage us. This is the truth about what happened in the lives of these people. Verse 2, This Mary whose brother was Lazarus, was now, now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. This, this event happened a few days, maybe even a week or so later. Uh, they had a, a dinner together honoring Jesus for the things that he had done in their lives. It's just referring to a later date here. Verse 3, So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, You need to mark this. This sickness will not end in death. If only we listened. If you're taking notes, put that down. If only we listened. Jesus tells us in His Word everything we've ever needed to know. Everything we ever need to know. He tells us. He gives us words of comfort, of peace, of joy, uh, of protection. He gives us all that we ever going to need. And He tells them right here, this sickness will not end in death. Are they listening? 
Are they listening? Had they only listened, they could maybe spare themselves of a lot of grief, a lot of heartache, a lot of trouble, a lot of pain, if they had only listened. This is not going to end in death. You don't need to worry. Look at it right here. Know it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. So this terrible thing that's happening to the one he loved, Lazarus, Martha and Mary, he loved these people. They were his friends. He was very close to them. Don't you know that it was difficult for Jesus to see Lazarus sick, knowing that he was going to become sick and even die? It troubled him. You know that it did. He cared. We, I mean, anybody that's got children... You know, you don't, you don't like it when they're sick, when they're not well, when they skin their knee, anything like that. You don't like to see them hurt. God, our Father, is the same way. He don't like to see Lazarus hurt, don't like to see any of his children hurt. But because this thing was happening to him, it's, it's not because of anything Lazarus has done, it's not his fault, it's not, going to be, it's not him. It's for one reason. I never was good in school and English and stuff. I mean, English was my worst class, okay? Um, I remember when I got to Fruitland, um, 2008, I sit down in the class. They say, you take this test and you can test out of the English co- courses. If you do well on this class, and, and I mumbled, well, I, I'll be seeing you in this class. And she said, now, now listen, you go ahead and take the test. God works miracles. I said, this will be the biggest one you've ever seen if I test out of this class. <laughs> My reading and comprehension uh, skills were always suffering terribly through school, where math, stuff like that, did fine, but English was horrible. But I read the scripture, and I know for sure that I can put MI beside that verse. Main idea. It's all about Him, His glory. And He gave them reassuring words just before that. Basically, don't worry. It's not going to end in death. This is happening to Lazarus. This is happening to you girls, his his sisters. All of this is happening to the ones I love, my friends, the ones I'm close to, to give glory to God and to glorify the Son of God. That's what it's about. So much of this word that we read right here, so much of it is about what He is doing in our lives. Very little of it is about us and about those like us. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Then he said to the disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said a short while ago, the Jews tried to stone you, and yet you're going back there? I think it's, it's funny. Uh, in a way, we, uh, those we love, we, we're close to, I, I've got... I think we just met up with some friends last night and had dinner and all. And my wife, her close friends all through high school and all, and uh, their husbands, we get together. And when I see them, which is very, not, not that often, it's really not, uh, we're close, but we don't see each other that much just because busyness. 
But we see them, and I greet them with sister. I call them sis. Uh, we're, you know, I think of them that highly. And no matter, I, I think about things like that. If, if I had somebody that I really cared about, somebody that, that I, I really love, no matter what the situation of, if there was danger for me or for anybody, in that, if I had to go there and it was going to be trouble for me, what do we do? Me and, and I, especially teenage guys in those years, we puff our chest up and say, well, we're going. Don't matter if there's danger or not, we're going. I think about the soldiers that, that go into battle, into war and all, and why would you do such a thing? They feel called to it. They feel a need for it. It's a purpose. It was time to go. So he says, let us go. They warn. Jesus answers in verse 9. Are there not twelve hours of daylight? A man who walks by day will not stumble, for he sees by the world's light. It is when he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus, listen, Jesus is speaking again. Are they listening? Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. But I am going to wake him up. Mark that down. I'm going to wake him up. Jesus tells him, this is not going to end in death. Jesus tells him he's falling asleep, but I'm going to wake him up. They didn't understand. Jesus' Jesus' disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. Jesus has been speaking of his death, but the disciples, they thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. If Jesus had been there, what if Jesus had been there? If Jesus had been there when Lazarus got sick, maybe the flesh, he was still man. While he was God, he was still man. If he had been there while his friend was sick, maybe the sisters, they're all praying and asking him, begging him, Lord, why don't you heal him? We've seen you heal so many. Why don't you heal? Why would you want your friend to suffer? You can do this. You can heal him. He may have gave in because of his great love. He may have gave in and healed him. And what's more miraculous, a man that was sick becoming well? Or a man that's dead for four days being raised. What's more miraculous? So Jesus put a little bit of distance between him and the ones he loved, didn't he? He allowed a little bit of a distance, a little bit of span to be between him and them. So that God may receive glory. Maybe so that they could see how needy they are upon him. And so he can show up in the most miraculous way. To show them how much that he loves and what great lengths he'll go through to bring them back into his arms, back into fellowship with him. So that they may believe. But let us go to him. Verse 16. Then Thomas, called Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. That sounds like somebody else. Uh, I, I think about Peter. Peter said pretty much the same thing. Just a few days later here, you know, we're working up to uh, 
the time when Jesus was uh, arrested and crucified. They're sitting around the table at the Lord's the Last Supper, right? And he's telling them what's going to happen. And Peter says, Lord, I'll follow you. I'll follow you to the very end, even if it costs me my life. I'll follow you. And Jesus told him, what did, what did he do before the rooster crow that very next morning? He denied him three times. So Thomas was a little bit like Peter. He'd open his mouth and stick his foot in there every now and again. Quick to speak right before really thinking. All right, Lord, if we're going back and they're threatening to stone you and this is a, a dangerous thing for us to do, I'm going with you. Let's go. So he's puffing. He's getting himself ready. Let's go, Lord. I'm just pointing out the kind of words, the kind of things that we say, the things we speak before really thinking. Verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. And many Jews... All right, mark this now. We've got Mary, Martha, Lazarus, the disciples and Jesus, and many others. Okay? That's what's present in this story. Many others. Those are the ones that are here witnessing what's going on. So many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. It was a little different at Jesus' tomb, wasn't it? Mary, Mary was there early. Verse 21, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been there, my brother wouldn't have died. If you had only been there, my brother wouldn't have died. Frustrated, uncertain about what's going on. How could you let this happen? A little bitter, angry, confused. You ever been there with God? Ask, Lord, why can, how can you let this happen? Why me? Why my mom? Why my dad? Why my brother? Why my sister? Why my friend? My, why my wife? My husband? But listen to this. Just as I turn this page. Verse 22. She said, But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Isn't that some kind of faith right there? I'm a little aggravated with you. I don't understand what you're letting happen here. I don't don't understand this. I'm a little upset with you right now. But I still believe that even right now, that you can do whatever you want, that God hears you and He'll answer your prayers, and that, that He'll be there, that whatever you ask. That's some kind of faith, isn't it? Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. He told her to begin with. He told her to begin with. This will not end in death. He reminds her again, your brother will rise. She misunderstands, as we do still today, so much we do not have understanding of. Does it mean we get frustrated and and say, all right, Lord, I don't get that. I don't understand. So I, I give up. I quit. So many people today, because they don't fully understand what God is doing, because they get frustrated, aggravated with it, they, 
They blow up and get mad and say, I, I, I don't see how God could ever allow this to happen. And they turn their back on him. She's not doing that. Man, I thank God she didn't. I thank God for all the times that you, sitting here right now, maybe got aggravated and frustrated and, and didn't understand, angry at God, but you're still here, so you didn't give up. You need to thank God for the amount of faith that He's placed in your heart. Because that's a miracle. Even not understanding fully what, who and what God has really done for us, we still believe and still are trusting Him. She's expressed that, and I don't hold it against her. I'm upset with you right now, God, with, with you, Jesus, because you could have healed him if you'd been here. I'm upset with you, and I don't understand, but I know. I still believe. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said, circle it. Color it in, mark it. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. You tell a teenage boy that enough and watch how reckless they'll live. Right here. (laughs) I believed that too much. I think I believed that too much. I'm like, well... I'm invincible till the Lord says otherwise. And that's really how I lived reckless. And I can say today that the only reason I'm here is because God spared me. Because maybe the purpose wasn't over. He still has a plan. Don't test the Lord's patience. It seems like it don't run out from my point of view. But don't test the Lord's patience. But he says we'll never die if we believe in him. And he asks Martha, but it's been read, you just heard it. I believe right now he's asking you, he's asking us, do you believe? Do you believe that I am the resurrection, the life? She says, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who has come into the world. And it says in the Scriptures that He is the one who's come into the world to save that which is lost. That's His purpose. He come to save that which was lost. She says, I believe. I believe. And we know just them verses ahead there, we can tell that, man, she has got some kind of incredible faith. Even the loss of her brother, knowing that Jesus could raise him, could have saved him. She still, why weren't you here? If I asked you to stand up right now, if you believe, why don't you do that? If you believe in Jesus Christ, the one who's come to save that which was lost, we stand and we say, I believe. The whole room. She said, yes, Lord, I believe. You can be seated. Like Thomas, like Peter, Peter, like Martha, we say with our words we believe. But do our actions really show it? 
Do our actions really show it? Let's continue. Verse 28. And after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here. He said and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her. Supposing she was going to the tomb to, who, uh, to mourn there. And when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, the same thing, if you had been here. If you had only been here, my brother would not be dead. When Jesus saw her weeping and, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they said. And Jesus wept. Now I know everybody in this room probably knows that verse, right? Raise your hand if you had to memorize Scripture as a kid and stand in front of the church and, and recite it, right? And I remember. You remember? <laughs> I remember sitting there in the living room digging through the Bible. Y'all show, show me the smallest verses. <laughs> I remember just this one right here. I couldn't do it multiple times. I only got one shot at this one. <laughs> Jesus wept. Um, I laugh at that memory, but... Man, what a miracle. What an absolute miracle. God, the the creator, the sustainer, our savior. Man, he cries over one. He wept over one. He was troubled and moved deeply over one. That's some miracle right there. Many people believe that the resurrecting of Lazarus is a great miracle. And it is. That would have been something to see. But to me, the fact that God, who needs nothing, whatever He wants, He can create. But He wants a relationship with you and I. And just one person, one person sick, suffering and dying... It moves him to weep and troubles him. He cares that much about one. That's amazing to me. I, know, I mean, just the chickens and the ducks and the dogs and the puppies and the animals that we have and stuff. Some, right now, we just had a litter of ten puppies. And I am so ready to get rid of them. <laughs> Y'all need a puppy. Somebody needs a puppy. I get. I mean, it's all these all these mouths to feed, all these things to take care of, all these things to house and keep warm. And I mean, it's just always something needy, 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 needy. And I'm the one that's supposed to take care of them and provide for them. And how frustrating it gets sometimes, and tiring it gets. And I'm amazed because I look around and I'm like, I'm not the only one that's so needy. 
I'm not the only one that's troubled. All of us, all of us are coming to God regularly with prayers. I need, I need, I need, I need. Lord, help me, help me, help me, help me. And yet he doesn't get frustrated and, and shoo us away and quit bothering me. He doesn't do that with us. He's moved and he's troubled himself and he weeps over one. That is a miracle. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. It was noticeable among that crowd. They noticed, they realized, he really loved them. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind, the blind man have kept this man from dying? They knew. They had seen the things that Jesus had done. So they're all chattering among themselves. If he loved him so much, why didn't he save him? No one understanding what was really happening here. Verse 38. Jesus once more deeply moved came to the tomb. It was a a cave with stone laid across the entrance. And he says, take away the stone. I love this song right now. Lauren Daigle, he's still rolling stones. Have you heard it? Listen for that song. He's still rolling stones. Jesus is still rolling away stones. Every one of us are born into this life dead in sin. And that's where we remain until we become a knowledgeable understanding of who Jesus Christ is and what He's done for us. And the Holy Spirit starts working and moving in our lives and we believe and receive Him as our Lord and Savior. And when that happens, that stone is rolled away and we're raised to life with Him. And we will live with Him forevermore. That's what's going on. And Jesus is still doing that today. He says, take that stone away. Them knowing, they, they recognize right here, they just said, he's, he's made the blind to see. He can surely, he could have surely saved his friend, the one he loved. All these testimonies, all these words of their belief and, and knowing what he can do. Look here. But Lord, said Martha, by this time there's a bad odor. For he has been there for four days. She's saying, Lord, he's too far gone. Lord, he's done too far gone. You can't do anything now. What? What? She had just said, I believe. I know that whatever you ask, you can do. You can receive. Lord, whatever you ask will be given to you. I believe. He asked her, knowing what was going to go on in her heart and mind, he said, do you really believe? So I asked you to stand up if you believe, and you do. You stand up. You say, I believe. But do our actions show it? When things really get difficult, when we're given something that's absolutely so far from our understanding, so far from being possible, but yet it's put in our heart and in our mind, I want to do something right here. Do you say, Lord, it's too far gone? No way, this is not possible. Or do you say, look what God's about to do here. Do you get excited whenever you feel that in your heart? Or do you start to doubt, no, that can't happen today. 
We don't live in Bible times anymore. God don't do things like that anymore. Why don't we see the glory of the Lord? We say we believe. We stand up and we, we, we say, I believe. But why don't we see the glory of the Lord? Does He not want to show it anymore? Absolutely wants to show it still today. He's not st- I mean, he hasn't changed. He's still God. And there's one thing that I can see in Scripture. God likes to show off what He can do. He wants to, sp- he wants to show people what He can do. What He's willing to do. What He wants to do in their lives. Every one of them. I want to show you my glory. But it's up to us whether we'll let Him. It's up to us whether we'll let Him show out in our lives. She says, Lord, He's too far gone. Verse 40, Jesus said, Did I not tell you? Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? I told you this wouldn't end in death. I told you, fellas, the disciples, all of them are present here. We've got Mary and Martha. Lazarus is laying there in that tomb that he just said, get the stone out of the way. Y'all about to see something. All those witnesses are there. The disciples are there. He said, I done told y'all I was going to wake him up. I done told you that I wasn't, this was not going to end in death. I've already told you that this is all for the glory of God and to give glory to the Son of God. He's been telling them. And they say, we believe. And they say, God, you can do anything. I wonder if he wasn't hurt right here. I thought you said you believed. He's too far gone. Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you have sent me. When he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice. He said, Lazarus, come out. I would have loved to have been there. I would have loved to have been there. All those people... All those disciples, the things that they had seen, I just wonder if they sat there quietly or if they gasped or if they shouted. I wonder what the reaction was. I wonder. I just told you, he's still rolling those stones. But would we not see the glory of God You know, my neighbor, he's got, that, he's got that alcohol problem. I can't get him to come to church. Ah, I got that cousin, you know, that got messed up on drugs and he's been making bad decisions for some time now and he's been stealing and in and out of jail all the time. And You know, I wish so-and-so would do better, but he's got that temper and wonder if we'd see the glory of God if we stopped believing they were too far gone. 
and believe that he could still roll away stones. I wonder if there's anybody sitting here today thinking, man, God called me to do this. He called me to some certain ministry, something. I wonder if there's anybody sitting here right now that felt a call in their life at some point, but still hadn't surrendered to it because you had something in your life one time where you think, man, I'm, I'm too far gone for God to use. I can come to church and I can be faithful and I can give and all, but you know, I can't serve as like I feel called to because of you know, my past. You're not too far gone. That neighbor's not too far gone. That family member's not too far gone. I wonder if we stopped letting things like that get in our hearts and our minds and we started believing that God is still who He says He is, that He can do whatever He wants to do, and He likes to answer our prayers when we ask God to show up for His glory, not out of our selfishness or anything like that, but we say, God, I want to see glory given to you in this right here, in this person's life. Lord, I want to see this person get saved. If we start praying and believing in a way that gives glory and honor to God, if we would see it in a miraculous way. And I wonder then if we did actually see it, how we would act. Would we sit quietly and just, amen, and thank God? Or would we actually start shouting and gasping when we saw the things that He had done? Somebody gets saved, how do we often act? Well, amen, just a little clap sometimes. Come on. That person just inherited the kingdom of God. I don't feel like we get near as excited as we need to be about what God wants to do in our lives. Verse 43. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and his feet wrapped with strips of linen and the cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Jesus is saying, Look here, I still am saving the day. I'm still rolling away stones. And look, whenever I come into somebody's life, when I step in and when I intervene, whenever you stop believing that you're not too far gone and they're not too far gone and I get to act in in their lives, I receive glory. And He says, I say, take off everything that's binding you, everything that's holding you back, everything that's got you tied down where you cannot shine and give for me. I'm meant for you to give glory to me in everything you do. Get rid of all that stuff and turn them loose. And that's what he's asking the church to do today. Every believer that stood up in this room is called to give glory to God. He's taking away everything that's binding you, everything that's holding you down, and he's saying, go do my work. Tell everybody about what I've done in your life. Now I'm going to ask you again. Do you believe? Do you believe? What are we called to do? As the musicians is coming, I'm going to pray. If there's anybody that needs to respond to this message in any way, I encourage you to come. Father God, I thank you again for this opportunity to be in your house. For these believers that are here, for everybody that's been praying, God, I love you and thank you for how you just get in our lives and orchestrate all these great things. Lord, we love you, we thank you, and I pray a blessing on everybody that's here today, God, and if there's anybody 
that needs to respond to this message in any way, God, I pray they'll be encouraged to do so. In Jesus' name, amen.